and we're live. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Nigerian Sports Fan Podcast. I'm your host David, and um, today's episode we will be talking about the Carabao Cup, um, the quarterfinal game we played against West Ham went through, and then um, I will be talking about the league matches. I should have done an episode after the Carabao Cup game, but I thought I shouldn't. I wouldn't have to because let's be real here. Um, there are a lot of games that are going on in this season, you know, so I have to ensure that I I do not really talk about them. So I have to ensure that I come. Basically, I just want to ensure that I keep up with as much games as possible. So Spurs played on playing the Carabao Cup game on Wednesday, and they played um, on on Sunday, which is no on Sunday was Christmas Day, right? They played no they played 24th on Saturday against Palace, and they played um, against Southampton yesterday. So um, three matches in bounce. So I had to ensure that you know it's coming thick and fast. So I had to ensure that I really keep up. And then, yeah, so today's episode I will be covering those three um, games, and I'll also be covering some league matches, the Man City tight the title race. Obviously, I have this. I talk about title race. The mini title race is a mini battle between these three teams, right? And then, which would potentially turn into a single horse race <laughs> very soon. <laughs> but to understand why I made that statement, um, wait till you get to the main show. Without further ado, let's delve into this episode. And welcome to this part of the show. Okay, so on the Carabao Cup game, we are in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup game, Carabao Cup, and chance at silverware, a chance to end the trophy drought. Um, the first, I'm playing against Chelsea, our nemesis in the semi-finals. And this is the thing, um, we have a very bad record against Chelsea in the semi-finals, so the Carabao Cup, very, very bad record. I'm talking about bad record. In fact, all my life I've been a sports fan. Every semi-final we've met Chelsea, we have gotten knocked out. Okay, I'm talking about the FA Cup back in 2012. The Carabao Cup, um, the Carabao Cup game against them, um, uh, Saris Chelsea. I think Conte's Chelsea too. Um, no, FA Cup semi-finals against Conte's Chelsea. Yes, the, the League Cup semi-final against our against the um, Saris Chelsea. So basically, most of it. The first time I, I I've seen us knock out Chelsea from a competition was last season in the Carabao Cup against Lampard's Chelsea. So we have a very bad record against Chelsea in semi-finals. So. Beating Chelsea in this sem- this coming semi-final is going to be a very big result. You know, I, I I'll probably argue that it's beating Chelsea. So if we be able to beat Chelsea in that semi-final, in my opinion, I would argue that we're going to win that. I would believe we're going to win that thing. I would believe it so much, you know, because like Chelsea are the bogey team and it's going, it's going to do a lot if Spurs beat Chelsea in that semi-final. So we we'll play Chelsea and the other fixture, Liverpool will be playing against Arsenal in that. In that semi-final, the other semi-final, it's gonna be interesting. Now, this is why it's going is int- um this is why I I so okay. How we won, we beat West Ham um two one, beat West Ham two one, and then um, goals from Lucas Mora and um Bergwine. Bergwine was really good. Bergwine was really really good in that game. Um, a goal and an assist from him took off, came off later. Then um we, excuse me. Um, um, yeah, although we die, die, maybe die, die had like a brain fart, you know, in that game again. You know, when you know, when the comments about die being one of the best in this, in this position, it's kind of debatable because he has a lot of brain farts. That's the issue I have with Dyer. Even in the Southampton game yesterday, he almost threw the game away, and Spurs had to, you know, he, he was saved by Damson Sanchez. And, these are the issues that we have with our defense. They may they may play well for a long time. Is that is that brain fart that they are capable of? Is that that is the biggest issue, you know, with them? So something against Chelsea, Carabao Cup. Very important that we win that game. Very very important that we win that game. And then Chelsea they beat Brentford two 0 
Um, Liverpool played against Leicester and they beat Leicester. Penalty shootout. Now Leicester bottled that game. Leicester should have should have won that game because Liverpool lined up with basically their academy and Leicester couldn't find a way. They found a way to bottle that game because Jota came on and savaged the game later and then they win. Arsenal beating Sunderland um, 5-1. I think one of their um, academy prospects, Pantino or Pantini, came on and he did. He had a made a good impression of himself. So probably one's going to be cracking, knocking on the door for the first team <coughs> for their first team. So. Like I said, Chelsea, um, Spurs in the semi-final, Liverpool, Arsenal. Now, the Chelsea-Spurs game, our experts will line up. The first leg is going to play on the 3rd of January and the second leg is the 11th of January. So, it's not even far. So, next week, we're going to be seeing, you know, we're going to be seeing that game instantly. And this is the issue I have with Spurs. We need to get our January signings in as soon as possible and ensure that even before that fixture or at least before the second leg, we need to get our January signings. Because the Southampton thing University has shown us that we do not have a good bench. We do not have a good enough second eleven, second string side to put out. Now, if you don't have a good enough second string side that can get a result against Southampton, against ten men Southampton, then how? What makes you think that you can take on, bring them off the bench to come and help you win a match? Especially against one of the big guns, right? Dombele couldn't come on yesterday, and it was. If, I mean, they couldn't even bring him on yesterday. That was how crazy it is. against. I mean, the fact that Conte did not trust him to bring him on against ten man Southampton, who were really bad. You know, the fact that he couldn't think of bringing him on, it, it says a lot about him. It's appalling. It's a bloody disgrace. It's a bloody disgrace. And you, you know what's, what's sickening? It's sickening that a lot of fans to defend Ndombele. You know, but like, January is very key. We need strikers. We need a midfielder. As yesterday proved why we need another midfielder. We need right wing back. As Emerson Royal has shown in recent times, somebody called him the exotic Erwan Bissaka. And which is true because it makes a lot of sense. Because once he crosses the halfway line, he doesn't do a lot, a lot. His crossing isn't really good, and yeah, it's really, it's really irritating and mind-boggling that we have to to put up with this. You know, I mean, a lot of fans they they're more like, oh, we got the worst. Some person like, why are fans talking for Tommy? Because it was either him or Tomiyasu. I would argue that either of them, no, because we for the position they are both playing, which is right wing back, we need better than both of them. So whoever got the best, arguing about whoever got the better of the two, in my opinion, it's like two. Um, bold, bold men fighting for a comb. No, I mean, in that position, no. Defensively, they were okay, but going forward, nah. I mean, the Palace game, with the acres of space he was finding himself in, he should have done better in the Palace game. We won three 0 Should have done better, but he didn't. So that tells you a lot. Even the Liverpool game, with acres of space, wasn't doing enough. Enough too. So we suppose with three 0 up. So they probably won even more than three 0 if you were, if Emerson Maria was a lot more confident, because yeah, because of space was finding himself into, and the, the wing backs are very key. So if we had that Chelsea game in the Carabao Cup next week, we have to ensure that we get in new personnel. I would say Barcelona just signed Ferran Torres, and he's not even the general window is not even open yet. So it means they have him. He's going to join in next. So obviously he has a few days where he would train and all that. But officially he would. I think he has won the share, taking a selfie already. But he's not going to join up with the team yet. But he signed already. So by January, 55 million, right? That is what sports should be doing. Sports should be getting their signings in right now, so that they could once the window opens, they can. They will be training with the squad. Window opens, they they play right, right away. You know, well, sports are not really proactive, and it's annoying. Surely we all know that when they make that. Surely we all know that when they right wing back. Surely we all know we need a striker. Surely we all know that we need centre backs, but why are they delaying? They're gonna delay to the end, of, to the middle of the window, delay, and then what? And listen, sports fans, we're at risk of getting knocked out against the Carabao Cup in the Carabao Cup, right? Because I mean, a lot of you turned your noses up at the Conference League because you thought it was not a good enough trophy. Well, good. Well, I have some bad news. 
we might go trophyless if we do not win that Carabao. If we do not, because I mean the FA Cup is gonna take longer, right? And then it's gonna be another chance of competition. So a lot of the big guns will take it seriously. So because I mean, Man City are likely to win the league. So means Chelsea will want to take that in those cups seriously to have that in there. The other big guns won't take it seriously. And this is why I say it's now asinine that the competition that you could have won that you don't have to worry about them. But anyway, they want to do it the hard way, so let's see. But the Carabao Cup is key. We have to beat Chelsea and be in that final. I believe if we beat Chelsea, we can. I believe if we win Chelsea, we beat Chelsea, we will win that thing. I, I genuinely believe this because I, I, the last time we beat Chelsea in a cup, we actually won the thing. So, although it was a final, it was just one game, but still, I really believe that beating Chelsea, it's like it's like getting over the, the bogey side, the the demons. Like finally, we're coming. There's a special level of confidence it gives, you know, to to, to it goes through your veins. This kind of especially when it's that close. So I genuinely believe that beating Chelsea is very key in that semi-final. Not just for qualifying sake, but to go over that mental, you know, whatever it is. That I don't know the word to use for it, but to go over it, it's really really key that we have to win. I'm not going to penalty shoot. I'm talking about winning in normal time. So going to Stamford Bridge, getting a getting the win, getting the away goal or whatever. I think I don't, I don't know what the result. Because I think some years ago it was away goals, away goals, right? An aggregate, but I don't know if it's no. It was away goals before, then they took away the away goals. Now it's now now became an aggregate. So. You know, if it's two one aggregate, that kind of thing. So I think that's the case now. So sports have to ensure that we get a result and we beat Chelsea. You know, not just for qualifying sake, but you know, for mental is a derby. So they don't really, they, they should not have any other reason to be fired up. They should be fired up because Chelsea came on our patch, put three past us, and even though we played better in the first half, so sports should really, really have that extra hunger and desire to beat Chelsea. But how they play on that day would would um would 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 be very key, would be very very key, yeah. So um yeah, so I'll go to the Palace game. I'll talk about the Palace game quickly. The Palace game we won three 0 and then before that game, Palace were there was lots of talks of Palace wanting the game postponed because of COVID. And when I saw the lineup Palace put out, I mean, who was out with COVID? Even taking one or two players, but they still had a full strength. Where they still had Gallagher, they still had Anderson. They still had Kuyati, they still had Tompkins, they still had Ward. So they had basically their first 11. They still had Zaha, their best player. They still had most of their first 11 in place. And now, this, this that game was a game of revenge, in my opinion. Because, like, the first game against Palace that we lost training, I remember in my that episode, I was so angry because we lost. Not just because of the fact that the tactics was good, but because it's a game that we could have won if the right substitution was made. And Nuno was in charge, and the way the players were so bad. And supposedly have a shot for a long time. So losing that game against Palace back in October, it was really, really it was is it October or September? But it, it was October, I think it was October. It was extra annoying. It was extra it was extra annoying for me. So it, this game was really personal because we had not just because of personal, but we had to win that game for obvious reasons. Points on the board, but revenge as a London derby. And suppose came out the works and suppose you know they really did you know, okay trying to win that game. Suppose came out three new winners against Palace. Goes from um Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora was more of the match was really really good. I mean Oliver Skip. How many times are we going to talk about Oliver Skip? Oliver Skip was very immense in that game. And then Kane scored again, going to score sheet, score sheet again. And Son scored. So three new and, and Conte took off Kane and so on. Now, why that game was extra interesting was going in the first leg. Tanganga got sent off against Palace, you know, and I would argue that, you know, 
Zaha should have gone center because Zaha, you know, put his hand on Kanganga's face. Probably, and they're going center for it because that's similar to what Matia got center for last season. So Tanganga could have gone. So Zaha should have gone center off, but he didn't. So Tanganga got, I think Tanganga got a yellow card and then Zaha got away with it and eventually ended up scoring that game. So Palace won three. Now there's this guy I follow on Twitter called HTLTCO, right? He's a Palace fan. He talks about Palace a lot. So there's a tweet where somebody says, you know, again, it's like, you know, the duel between Zaha and Tanganga. I think when the lineup was mentioned, so it was like, you know, run this back. So the guy quoted and said, a Palace training win with Tanganga getting sent off, run it back. And then Zaha, the thing was very funny. I mean, the guy got ratioed obviously, was because Spurs ended up winning three 0 with Zaha getting sent off, and so it was extra funny. It was like justice. It was like it felt like justice. It felt like justice. Justice finally being served, and that's why it was really, really extra, extra special. <laughs> now, in that game, I wish Spurs would have scored more. I wish Spurs would have scored four or five because Spurs had the chance to really do it, um, but. Spurs didn't, and this is the issue. Spurs have to really kill off games. Chances they're getting. Sanchez had one. I mean, yeah, if it was another, if it was another player, would have probably got scored a goal. But that tells you a lot about how you know. Tells you a lot about how some we have some other issues in our squad still. The killer instinct isn't really there. That it should be there, but it's not really there. And that's what Spurs need to apply a lot more in their in their attacking situations and their defense in, in the team in general. They have to apply that a lot more in the team in general. Now, do I think, do I think that, um, do I think that we, well, the January window, this is going to be fixed. To be fair, history has shown us that it's not going to happen. But fingers crossed because of the person in charge. So a lot of protocols probably have to get broken by January. So we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes by January. Yeah, we'll see how it goes by January. And January is not really very far. That's the funny thing. January is not very far. It's it's just like four, five, or three days away. Today's twenty. Today's twenty-eight, if I'm not mistaken. 29th so we have um today's 29th if i'm not mistaken right so we've got four or three days to january for, yeah three days to january if i'm not mistaken no four days to january wow that's quite interesting think of sun on saturday okay saturday january. anyways whatever we'll get january we'll get january now why why i so, i'm lost I'm, I'm a bit lost here i'm a bit lost sorry it's going to my mind so okay back to the palace game so one three nil um Good result, three points on the board, three games in hand, and then yeah. So we're to get a point on the Now, fast forward to the Southampton game yesterday. Now, this is where I this one I really want to talk about because I was extra irritated by the manner which we should drop points. The referee general was awful. Now it's easy to blame the referee. You know, it's easy to blame the referee. But you know, if it was just one decision, would have said, you know, it's but come on man. Three decisions. The first one was the first one from Ben Davis was offside. I agree, which was true. Spurs got a good penalty, right? Now, the other two goals or the other three goals, Spurs had a chance. I mean, Fraser Doherty scored. Fraser Foster was the one who dropped the freaking ball. He dropped the ball, and Doherty scored. And then the blue took it as foul. The blue they gave a foul against Doherty. I mean, VR could not really review that. What is the point of VR? VR should be reviewing that kind of situation. That wasn't a foul. And they gave it as a foul. And Foster himself was probably even relieved because himself he knows. And then rewind it, rewind back to the offside decision given against Kane. Now that offside was a disgrace. Because prior to the season, they said players would be given the benefit of the doubt. Then the line that they drew, we had, they, they used to call Kane. Kane was offside, right? By his armpits. Those, is it his armpits or something? I mean, 
I'm sure. Now you could argue that you could score your upper arm, but the line was quite debatable how they drew that line because I think where they drew the line was like the bread and the blue line. Benaric's leg, you was not draw from Benaric's leg. You're drawing into using Kane's um, shoulder, his arm as the as a reference point. The upper sleeve. Come on, man. Seriously, the rulers of like, I mean, a lot of Sony fans were like, if it was them, they would be offended too, they'll be irritated too, because it's it's a disgrace. And it doesn't mean that they are not consistent with their strength. Because you all said that prior to the season, players begin to be doubt. In that situation where it was really tight and nobody really knew what to do, and he was crying, how could you not rule? And then the docketing one even made it even more irritating. And then there was another um goal. Oh, I'm trying to remember that one. There was one that was also ruled out again. I'm trying to remember that one myself. There's one I was ruled out. I'm trying to remember that one. Was it Kane? Okay, there's a Kane outside. The Doherty one. There's another one that was ruled out. I'm trying to remember. But but let's let's leave those ones aside. Against ten man Southampton, Spurs should have done better. Okay, should have done better. Attacking wise, should have done better. This was we coming to the point where we said we need attacking midfielders and we need a better striker. Striker because Southampton said we were not really good. There were ten men, ten men down for up to seventy minutes because last like um la. Salisu was sent off around the 20th minute when Spurs got a penalty and then Son was through and then Gaelic and got sent off. Now, Reguillon could have gone sent off too, but he was taking off, which was rightly so, because he was getting rash and he was probably taking off, brought in for Doherty. Then Brian Hill was brought on later. Now, he was playing right wing back, Doherty was playing left wing back. This, but this is the worry here. The fact that two other persons that were brought on, otherwise, the wing back, Spurs had to change the wing back. The fact that the players brought, Spurs brought on, we're not really good enough to get a result. You know, we're not good enough to even put something in. Yes, we could argue that Doggett could have gotten a goal if that goal wasn't ruled out. But they were not really able to put in anything convincing during the time they were on the pitch. For majority of the... <sighs> this just sheds a light more on the windows, the last two um, windows that we've had. I'm talking about the su- last two summer windows we've had. Because in the last summer windows we had, we brought in Doherty and um, this guy, this kid, um, Hill, right? But the fact that neither of them are really... You know, set this club alight. I'm not saying that Hill is a bad signing, but because he shouldn't have been brought in as to be the first choice, right? But they've supposed to have improving our squad, and the squad has not really improved in the last two windows, in the last two summer windows, the last two big windows. It hasn't really improved. So it has been about the same position it was it was at before it, the open windows open, and that is where the problem is here. January is key. We have to make signs in January, though. We have to make signs in January. I will not stop stressing that. And daily Ali, I, I'm, I can't, I, I can't. I'm tired of talking about daily Ali. I'm tired because there's nothing I'm, I'm saying that is new. A lot of fans got gassed up after his performance against Liverpool, which I thought was really average too, because he missed a lot of chances. Yes, he was okay, but I'm, my, 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 my opinion was like, I, I, I'm just happy that he did enough. I hope he did enough to make other clubs. Think that he's good enough so they can trust us can get some money for him he's so bad that i don't even think mk dons would even want him now and that is that's exactly why it's extra worrying i mean it's good thing it's a good thing that all these pundits they've caught on but a lot of fans still won't let go because they want to still believe that he's still a good player which i don't think he is but this 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 opens a lot of questions that need answers right was it that Dele Ali was never good he was just thriving in a functioning team where he was just being there just to be a second striker where he just finished off chance because he was playing a second striker close to behind King, right? So the second striker was it that he because other because one of my episodes, like, first episodes I mentioned that he never really worked on his other part of his game, right? He just he was just finishing scoring goals that part, so he didn't really work on the other part of his aspects of his game 
like his touches, his passing. He was just known as nutmegging, trying to finish off chances. That's what Delhi was just basically doing most of the time, right? So over the years, now the guys with Ericsson, the, the team depleted, depleted, right? The quality of the team dropped, and we really saw Delhi for what he actually is. So that's the thing. Is it that he's just? Is, is, is it that this was just what he has always been like? It's just that the team is not a functioning team anymore. So when you're looking around for people who would work, who would make the team come back to that level, Delhi is not the guy you should really look to. No, but th- th- this is the thing. But that was a general is very key, and we really have to afford someone like that. I suppose we're, I can't really stress how I suppose we're really poor because so they were getting bust for like the first 20 15 minutes. And to, when Santi started to score, I suppose we're able to get their way back. It's, we're getting bust, I suppose we're getting bust for a really long part of the stress stuff. And so, so imagine starting to get a red card, something are probably going to a chance to win the match, and that's that, that is really worrying. But the argument here is that the, the personnel that played, Oliver skipped in place, so it was Hoybeck and Winks in midfield, and who were, the both of them were really poor. Is it that, and Hoybeck was very, very poor. Yeah, he was getting booed by some fans, but he was really poor. I mean, oh, I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I don't talk about it anymore. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Hopefully, against Watford by the weekend, by weekend against Watford, we're going to have Oliver skip back. Because the last game against them, um, the game against them, um, Palace, I think it was Skip and them. Um, is it Skip and Wing? No, Skip and Hoybeck. I, I can't remember who was in the middle, though. But it was, I can't remember who was in the middle, though. But the personnel in the middle against Palace was very, very personnel against. So, Basically, Skip is the main difference. So this tells me that Skip is a is like a is our best midfielder, and it's it's funny that he came through he came through the ranks, yes, but he was a Norwich on loan last season, and he just came in and he's not the best. And Lo Celso getting injured again, he was injured for that game. I mean, just get rid, man, just get rid. It's not defensive anymore. It's time to just shake hands. It hasn't worked out, you know. Time to go. He was injured in the warm up. When recovering from an injury that is sustained in that injury, from an injury, he's sustained in that injury, trying to recover from an injury. I mean, come on. The guy is like the new Lamela now. It's time to just shake hands and just say bye bye. It hasn't worked out. You know, good luck at your new club. And I'm hearing he wants to leave. Well, kudos. Bye bye. You know, shake hands. Time to leave. <laughs> well, I'm tired. But again, the weekend against Watford, um, it's going to be, we're going to know, we're going to find out if changes are going to be made. I'm very I'm pretty sure Skip's gonna be back. We're gonna be a lot of recovery period and probably have our wing backs back. If Sassanyo can really play well enough, he can cement that left wing's back, back spot because Region hasn't really been convincing and Sassanyo has to recover from his injury. And then the right wing back is still a position that is still up for grabs. It's disappointing that Doherty hasn't really you know set hasn't really staked his claim enough because he's a right wing back by trade. And Master Royal isn't he's more of a right back, but Doherty hasn't, and the fact that Royal is sister of him, he says a lot. Yeah, it says a lot. And then, but I guess something that I, I wish Mora would have started, but I understand why Mora didn't start because he had played the last two matches before that one, and obviously he can't play three on the bounce, so you have to keep him fresh. But Southampton was a perfect game against him. I think he would have done really, really well because he has been playing well so far. Man of the match against them, Palace, you know, playing well, even the League Cup, and also in the Liverpool game. So he had been playing well. No, he didn't play against Liverpool. I think it was Ali, sorry, but like he had been playing well in the matches prior to that. So I understand he had needed a bit of rest. But yeah, but that that's that's the best game. So um therefore now I'm done with sports. Let's talk about the title race. Now the title race within Chelsea, like I said, it's the first three spots of already nailed on in my opinion. Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. Now City are top of the league. In my last episode, I, I I pointed out that Man City were six points ahead of Chelsea because Chelsea had drawn that game in that same in that fixture. Now Man City put six past no, was it six three? They are six three. They beat um Leicester six three. 
<laughs> why that is funny is because Leicester Leicester, I think it was 4-0 the first the first half. And Leicester kind of did like a rally, late rally where they scored three in the second half. And it was looking like it was gonna be four-four. Then Laporte scored to make it five-three and six-three and Sterling scored six-three. But something was sorry, um, Leicester really that game was kind of interesting. For neutrals, it was end to end. It was interesting because like Liverpool were sorry, Man City were on a roll and they were really really rampaging and they were really attacking. And then Leicester came back, scored three, and then they were, they were trying and then um, Man City. Found a way to to get a win, to get a win to win six three in that game. Now, why why um why I think that um this is why I think Man City are going to win the league now. Last season they were they played without a striker and they won the league. Now they're going to play without a striker this season again and they're top of the league. Likely to go twelve points ahead if um Liverpool lose to Chelsea because Liverpool lost to Leicester. Liverpool lost to Leicester um yesterday. And now they're probably gonna have to and and let and let, and um, if Liverpool play Chelsea and they lose Chelsea, Man City win your 12 points ahead. Now the league's gonna get boring. This is why I said in my intro. I said the league's gonna get boring because if Man City go 12 points clear, well, <laughs> when Man City are on the road, they're gonna keep winning and they're not going to stop. And that's that's it about Man City. And somebody said, do not allow Man City to get to the top because if they get to the top, you will never get that spot again. And it's looking likely <laughs> that that's the case. And my prediction against Chelsea, my prediction for Chelsea, because Chelsea, I think Chelsea beat Villa 3 0. Because Lukaku had one, right? They won the penalty. Lukaku came back and he scored in that kind of game. Why Why it's. Um, my prediction was Chelsea winning the league with Lukaku up front because of his striker and all that, right? But Lukaku has been drawing my prediction to the mod. <laughs> yeah. And so, so Chelsea. So Chelsea um, beat Villa 3-0 and Lukaku looks like he's back, he scored a goal in that game. And yeah, and then um, Liverpool, they play against them. So Liverpool had one of their game called off, I think it was a game against Leeds, they had a game called off. So they played against um, um, Leicester yesterday and they lost. And this is it now about Klopp, Klopp complaining again. Now prior to that game, Klopp was moaning and complaining about how, you know, playing multiple matches. And now yesterday after the game, he spoke about how Leicester played. You know, prior and Leicester playing again. So he's trying to allude the fact that they are winning because of their game that they won and they played better because of their game time. They playing. Mister Man, pick a side. Are you upset at the multiple amount of games, or you're upset that um, Leicester are playing two more, more games than you guys and they are fresher and sharper than you guys? Pick a side, man, because it's not making any sense now. I mean, the guy is just moaning and moaning and moaning. I mean, you moan and, and back to club, right? Back to club. I mean, obviously, a lot of us have seen that this part of club. We know that club, when club things are not really going well, and I understand this is a characteristic of most people who like to win. When things are not really going well, you become extra, you become annoying, you become irritating. I mean, you become irritating to everybody. It's normal. I mean, some of the greats of all time, they are like that. I, I, I the greats of all time are like that. Now, why I think that club, his own was just because the way the media has painted him like this, you know, guy who never gets upset, this infallible guy who smiles, you know, another, which is, which I think was rubbish, and everything is falling apart right now. I mean, this guy was mourning about um, Kane, about the refereeing decision against them, uh, against Spurs, and one of the academy products, uh, Morten, right? He, he he injured Pereira. Pereira got got a six to eight week, now he's six to eight weeks out because of the foul in the semi final, the League Cup semi final against Liverpool. And this was a really even more dangerous tackle than the one that um, Kane did. And they've not shut up about the Kane on Robertson one. It's up to a week now. They haven't shut up about it. You know, I saw Talk Sports yesterday on Twitter. I was still talking about it. And you know, and nobody's talking about the the, the Liverpool. This is the thing. Everybody's trying to push narrative that Kane is a golden boy. He's a Premier. He's a he's a media favorite, which is a lot of rubbish, a lot of tosh. 
but you know nobody it's one of all those lies that you tell multiple times that are going to shoot now everybody has really it's all about if, if somebody's a favorite they'll be doing their best to cover it up but it's not a favorite because you're not covering it up you dumbo you dummy you're not covering it up you literally remind everybody every time that this is what he has done like he shot somebody on fifth avenue <laughs> it's, man it's really really mad. it's really annoying it's annoying and now nobody's talking about the I'm, now I, I i i think it's it's, it's stupid to dwell on a challenge from one player i think it's stupid but if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, you're consistent. Your player injured somebody, and just cricket. Nobody's talking about. It. Nobody's anything about it. Why? Because it's not Kane. Because it's not. Because you can't push a narrative that it is the captain and nobody. Everybody wants to be the victim. Everybody wants to act like they're the victims. But because you can't push a narrative that he is the player who everybody's protecting or they're guarding. So all of a sudden he's. He, uh, anyways, it is what it is. So I'm concerned. That's their own um, business. Everybody's so, 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 has to take their game one, one, one game at a time. Now. I'm um, gonna talk about um, Chelsea. Look, I forgot about talk about Chelsea. Yeah, quickly. Let me go over quickly, quickly. Lukaku. Now, the games against um, I think the one time somebody I don't see that area. Just somebody was talking about Lukaku's strengths and how the kind of teams suited Lukaku. Teams like Aston Villa, teams like Arsenal, these kind of teams. They suited somebody like Lukaku, but is against teams that would probably um, yeah, Lukaku has to press. Lukaku has to really do a lot of you know. And you might not really have to. I don't know if I'm. I don't want to get him wrong. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to recover, remember the tweet here. But I think we're alluding to the fact that Lukaku was better against teams like this, against them um, teams like. And, and it made a lot of sense. Well, Lukaku scored. It. I mean, I don't watch Chelsea every time. I watch Chelsea occasionally, but not every time. So I, I can't really, you know, comment on this. But like the, the point looks like it has a lot of credibility because Lukaku scored against Aston Villa. He scored against Aston Villa even the first the first time they played Aston Villa. The the, the um the first game, the game against Aston Villa in parallel in the first the other game. Scored against, scored against Aston Villa, so it makes a lot of sense, and even against Arsenal. But I noticed that Aston Villa players, they were still trying to get. This was the time where he, you know, the one chance where he got a penalty, right? He wiggled off, um, he, he shoved this guy off Matagan. A lot of players never, players never learn. Why is he getting tied to Lukaku? You just never freaking learn. So getting tied to Lukaku, you get tied, he's gonna bully you. He's stronger than he's faster. Obviously, he's gonna. They never learn, and you know, but. Against against Liverpool, it's not a surprise that Liverpool Lukaku will struggle because I understand because against teams who would hold the ball better, who would um, you know do a lot of pressure, Lukaku has to do a lot of work on the counter. I think Lukaku will struggle a bit because I think I think uh, there's a graphic compilation on my phone where I watched right. Lukaku had a lot of awful moments in that in against most of the games where he should. I mean against Brentford, against Spurs, against um, Man City. Jesus Christ, he was against Liverpool too. I mean, it's crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, that's my. But yeah, that's a quick talk, by the way. Man City, they're like gonna win the league. I'm not. I'm still gonna stick with Chelsea. I think Chelsea are gonna win the league. Why? Well, I don't want to just jump to my prediction. Let me just stick with it in the season. We'll see how it goes. But I'm still sticking to my prediction that Chelsea are gonna win the league. I could be wrong, but I mean, I'm not. It's not. It's, it's okay if I'm wrong. It it happens to everybody. It <laughs> it happens to everybody. It is what it is. Yeah. So um yeah, I think that's it for this episode. But quickly before I go. Um, how I spent my Christmas day. I don't know if we really talk about this. Is it relevant? Yeah, let's talk about Christmas day. So Christmas day was really quite the same. You know, spent my day indoors. I watched the last dance. Now, why I watched the last dance? I mean, it was I hadn't seen it before. I mean, I'd seen some of the trailers and all that, but I hadn't. But I picked the right day to watch the last dance on Christmas day, and it took me. I I saw the mind of. Um, I looked at professional sport. It made me understand that sports in general. Winning is 
the 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 the, the um, physical the characteristics you need to win is quite universal. It's universal. You have to come in, put in your A game. I mean, Jordan was like, you know, I come in, I put my A game. I believe everybody's there is watching me for the first time, so I have to put in my best. You know, literally, that's literally what Jordan was about. Putting his best every single freaking time on the pitch, and you're always gonna get a good performance from Michael Jordan every time. And he spoke about individuality also. You know how he was struggling for some time when he was alone. He was a single guy, and he played against the Celtics, where he was like a single guy. He was really dominant against Larry Bird, Celtic. And then till he till they brought in other players in to help him out, and he could, and till they brought in other quality players in to help him out because you know where he had issues with the Pistons, where Dennis Rodman was there, John Sally, other basketball player, basketballers on the Pistons, where they were their nemesis for some time, and then couple they move forward also. So when Chicago Bulls started winning in the early nine, nine, I think 1991 around that period, so a lot of things makes a lot of sense. How you can't really have one star player. You need to have a lot of supporting acts. In all the great teams of all time, even in football, Barcelona, it was Messi that was the biggest guy, right? But there was Xavi, there was Iniesta, there was Busquets, there was Dani Alves, there was Piqué, there was Puyol, there was um, Valdez, there was um, Pedro, there was David Villa. So there were supporting acts, but there's the main guy. So you can't really win on your own, and I think it was they knew it was so good. They used to double up on him, and they used to really target him. There was one record in Jordan where I think the Pistons used to do it a lot, where they were trying to really, really attack. I think the Pistons used to do it in one of the episodes I watched. So the the, the, the way of winning is very much, and in relation to Spurs, Harry Kane is a really good player, right? When he needs a lot of supporting acts. I'm talking about this in January. January is very key. Sports have to sign a lot of supporting acts, proper supporting acts, and the free the players who are available on a free in January are very interesting. The ball is on a free. The ball is available can sign a pre-contract. Mbappe can sign a pre-contract. Oh, please, but sports do not knock on Mbappe's door. You're wasting your time. <laughs> um, Masalo is free. Um, Masalo is the only one that, uh, that that catches my eye in that left back position, but I, I don't really think he's the same guy. I think he's, he's finished, but he could really be okay. If Sports can try and do, I think we could. I think Marcelo can do something for Sports, even if it's for a year or so. He should be able to do a job like two years. Similar to what Cambiaso did for Leicester, you know. I think he should be similar to what Thiago Silva is probably doing at um, Chelsea. Maybe not at that level, but I think Marcelo has something to offer. You know, actually, the way sports players wing backs right now, I think Marcelo going forward would be really immense, especially for someone like Cesarion and Region in that position. The right wing back, I think some players are available. Well, Lazio, I think the guy out in Lazio. Lazio, I think that sports are linked with that guy. He's 28 years old. So sports need a right wing back. I think it's a no brainer to try and get that guy in. Center backs, I think. Um, the fry is available if I'm not mistaken. I think delete. I, don't, I, I, I will try and look at that position again. But most of the positions that there, the players that are available that sports could sign on the pre contract or sign for free, they are players that will improve the level. I'm talking about Frank Kessier. Frank Kessier would improve the level. Yeah, Frank Kessier has a very poor Champions League, yes. But I think he would really do a better job than Harry Winks and um, and um, Hoybeg, especially. So it's really key. Then Dybala could be available too. Now, a lot of talks about Dybala, but I think Dybala has something to offer to sports come. come um, January and I think yeah I think um, going forward too so it's very important January is a very important window and the amount of free signings available are very key and sport, I think sport, and so, Loris is also available too wow can sign a pre-contract well sports are trying to get him a new contract because at the moment we don't have any better goal. and a better goalkeeper than Loris you know it's gonna be hard to find I think sports need to get him a new contract by January so that do their best to keep him I was one of those who was like saying it's time to move on but in the last few matches I think Loris needs. I mean, looking around, there's really not much better out there. Spurs need to really. I mean, Golin isn't really good. You know, I've not seen Golin make a real good save since he joined. I mean, yes, he has made some boosts, but I mean, so in essence, general is key. Spurs need to 
really really give Lewis a new contract well, I think that's it for this episode um, I'll see you guys after the game against Watford after the next round of matches hopefully we, I come back happier well we'll beat Watford um, hopefully a lot of fans don't get carried away you know hopefully a lot of fans are still awake and reminded of the fact that we need more signs but um, yeah without further ado um, I'll leave it to the end of the day have a happy new year stay safe take care bye